Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our 10th episode of season three of the Wellness Wake Up. It's our last episode of the season. So first things first. Hi, Marissa. Hi, Carolyn. We are so happy you guys were here and listened. And this mini season was so fun. I think I liked the 10th episode. Short, quick. We kept our episodes mostly under 30 minutes, which is our goal. Mm -hmm. So it's been a great season. Yeah, it really has. So let's kick things off with our magic moments of the past week. What would you say your magic moment was this last week, Marissa? So I feel like I normally have one when I sit down, but I did not think of one today. But something that just popped in my head was actually yesterday. I was leaving my Pilates class and I feel like workout classes in New York, it's not like a place you make friends. Like everyone's busy and running in and out usually really quick. And I happened to be wearing red leggings, like very bright red leggings. And so was one other girl in the class. And when I was walking out, she kind of like tapped me and she's like, nice pants, like blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And we kind of walked a couple of blocks together and talked and we exchanged numbers because we go to the same studio a lot. And it was like such a nice random moment. So I love that so yeah. much. Just got to be wear something wild and people will <laughs> That's and red is so like, I am so not a bright colored person as we both <laughs> sit here in our black shirts today. Carolyn, you definitely wear more color than me, but it was a very nice little moment. Oh, that's um, the best. Yeah. This week has been full of some magic moments, but I think one that stands out is this morning I ran downstairs to get coffee, get little coffee pods. They All of the, the place we're staying in Lisbon has these little Nespresso things. And anyway, I ran downstairs to get coffee from the little bodega thing. And I saw a truck driving away that had just dropped off fresh sourdough and like I could smell it. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, what? I need to get that. And so it was still warm, like from the bakery. And so I grabbed that along with our coffee pods and we just like sliced it up for breakfast. And it's like butter. It's sort of tasting like unlike anything. And Marissa and I were chatting earlier about how like things are just different in Europe. And it is, you know, both the way people's bodies respond to things like gluten and alcohol without pesticides and all of that. And anyway, it tasted like heaven. And it was absolutely a magic moment that like, it's a Monday right now. Like old me would have never let myself have bread on a Monday to Mm. kick off the week. And so also just a moment of like, wow, that feels like a lifetime ago that I had food rules for myself like that, or that that would have thrown off the day slash week. That's so beautiful. And that gives me an idea for a future episode that I'll say here so you guys can hold us accountable for it. (laughs) But why your weekdays and weekends should look very similar and Mm -hmm. how to get them closer to that. But that's a beautiful moment. You're making me hungry as I'm sure everyone (laughs) else is. So if you're listening to this on your Monday morning walk, make this your sign to go get yourself some amazing bread for breakfast. Yes, you deserve it. I love it. So let's jump in to this week's episode. And we just wanted to really wind it down this season with 10 easy upgrades to make the most of the summer and fall and, you know, really incorporating wellness tips into your lifestyle. And it doesn't have to be like this whole overhaul, massive upgrade. This is really about doing what you do, but just maybe a little bit elevated, a little bit upgraded. I love it. So let's kick it off. You want to start with our number one? Sure. Number one is to buy a plant. If you are somebody, especially in a big city that maybe doesn't have a ton of nature around, you can really bring nature inside. And this ends up impacting your overall air quality, things like the spider plants really, really can end up cleaning the air that is a natural air filter. So surrounding yourself with plants can end up improving your air quality. And if you were in New York or anywhere on the East Coast the oh, past God. couple of weeks too, yeah, the air quality was horrible, right? It sent me into such a panic that I did not. I've been like toying with buying a fancy air filter for probably the past like four months, like put one in my car and then never checked out a million times. 
And then obviously this air quality went to absolute crap the past week. And it was actually very, very scary. But I didn't have an air filter and I literally put my snake plant next to me while I worked. And I have a small snake plant, guys. Like, it's not, <laughs> You're just like whiffing, picking in-house. It's not doing the job. But I was like, maybe this is going to do something. And I did buy some air filters for my new apartment. So. But yes, and we talked about this in one of our episodes a few weeks ago. I can't remember which episode exactly, but there was a lot of research showing how actually having plants in your home can actually improve concentration. It can improve healing. There was that awesome study where they looked at patients who were in hospitals and the ones that actually had plants in the room got better faster than mm. those that didn't. So buying a plant is really low hanging fruit if you want to do something for your wellness journey. So that mm -hmm. is our tip. And I, I also do love that it makes you start to take care of something too. Mm. <laughs> Think of it like your little baby. It's like the precept to getting a dog or getting a pet of any sort. <laughs> it makes you pay attention to something and try your best to keep something alive. Maybe I buy a really big tree for our next apartment. And see Go I what are those plants called? The fiddle leaf? They're so pretty. Yeah, like, they're so beautiful. They're very tough to keep alive, but maybe that's my full <laughs> challenge for myself. <laughs> okay. Tip number two, which if you've worked with us before, you know that we are big proponents of this, but just cook one more meal at home. That means if you're used to cooking zero meals, start with one meal a week. If you're used to cooking once a week, maybe make that two times. We always say cooking is a health behavior, right? Restaurants are in the business of taste, which unfortunately usually means salt, fat, and usually inflammatory, not so healthy fats and sugar, which is delicious and fun to try. But really, whatever you are making in your own home is usually going to be more nutritious for you. Mm -hmm. You can also make this fun. Cooking doesn't have to be like antisocial or boring. You can invite friends over, you can host a potluck, you could buy a new cookbook that looks exciting and just pick one restaurant a week. Another thing I like to tell clients to do with this too is buy one new thing, like one new like item of produce at the grocery store each week, mm -hmm. like buy an eggplant one week, come up with a recipe based around that. You know, you can literally go to foodnetwork.com and like search an ingredient and it will give you a recipe with that ingredient, but just get your hands dirty, cook your food. I love a that. Bit and on that note too, if there's like an appliance or something that would make you more likely to cook too, whether it's like a spiralizer, $10 thing or garlic press or new pans, some mm -hmm. of those like non-toxic pans, I think can be really, really great motivation to get you in the kitchen when you actually look forward to it, or it doesn't have to feel like you're scrubbing these crazy old pans to clean them and a whole other job after. So sometimes investing in cookware can make it a whole lot more fun too. I actually get these emails every morning from, it's like message from your future self. It's like something I signed up for that like yeah. sends you a nice positive message. And my message this morning was invest in yourself, in your skincare routine, in your cooking stuff, like whatever you need. But sometimes a little, like buying one new little thing might make you really excited about doing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that can really help. I love that. That's actually very, very true. Getting picky about it, even with clothing too. And this is a whole other one that's not on our list, but sometimes investing in some clothing that actually fits the body you're in right now too, or not even sometimes all the time that can make a huge, huge difference in how you show up in the room. And just even thinking about the clothing that you're wearing all the time, if you're someone who fixates on like your jeans, cutting off your circulation, but you can't breathe well while you're in them, sometimes buying something new can make a huge difference. So I love that. Okay. Next up, our third tip is to aim for 10 more minutes outside. So again, we don't need to have these massive, massive changes. We're not asking you to find an hour in your day, but you can find 10 minutes, especially if you're someone who scrolls early in the day or late afternoon or all day long, find 10 <laughs> minutes, unplug for a minute, especially ideally leave your phone behind and get outside for some fresh air. 
that outside a clock or 10 minutes before 10 a.m. as we call it, it really, really makes a difference in overall stress. And ideally with your shoes off too. Obviously, if you're somewhere safe, please, but optimally put <laughs> I'm your I'm not feet. taking my shoes off. <laughs> yeah, <else>. no shoes <laughs> off for you. But maybe if you were in Central Park, you could. Yes. So if you can take your shoes off somewhere where there is no glass in the grass, <laughs> but put your feet in the grass or in the sand, if you're somewhere sandy this summer, there is an electron transfer that happens with grounding and that actually can reduce stress and inflammation and improve sleep and mood. And this is just over 10 or 15 minutes. So it doesn't have to be this extended amount of time to really make a difference. It's a health behavior. And the other thing would be get outside after meals that can also really, really help your day or your blood sugar levels if you get out for a walk right after. But this could even be sitting in the sunshine with a cup of iced tea. That sounds so lovely. I want to be sitting in the sunshine with a cup of iced tea. (laughs) Okay. Tip number four is to add cinnamon or turmeric to your coffee or your meals. And we can also like piggyback off of this too. And just think about using more herbs and spices in general. Mm -hmm. Things like cinnamon work really well to balance your blood sugar. You can add it to your morning yogurt bowl with fruit. You can put a little bit in your coffee. Turmeric is another great Mm anti-inflammatory. That works really well, especially if you add a little bit of black pepper to it and you could scramble it in your eggs, mix it on some veggies that you're roasting, you know, add these little boosts to your meals and herbs and spices are such a great way to flavor where you get an added, you know, antioxidant and health benefits without all the, you know, salt that can come along with some other seasonings. So they can feel really good in our bodies as well. Herbs also work really well for this. Cilantro especially is amazing for detoxing in your body. So adding that to a marinade. Caroline, I feel like you've talked about this before with like adding it to fish to like Mm -hmm. lessen the mercury, right? Totally. Yeah, exactly. Cilantro has compounds in it that can combine with things like mercury, heavy metals and flush them out of your system. So it's a great, great herb to throw in all summer long. Totally. And this kind of goes off our 1% rule that we talked about, I think a couple of weeks ago, but where James Clare talks about getting 1% better each day and you end up 37% better by the end. These are also little ways to boost your wellness inertia, right? If adding that cinnamon to your coffee makes you feel like you're doing something for your health in the morning, it's going to piggyback into the rest of your day. I love that term, the wellness inertia. I think it's so true. Like an object in motion stays in motion, right? So once you're doing one thing well, you're more likely to do two, three, four, five things well. And you already, you know, it's similar mentality of like making your bed in the morning. There's some great YouTube videos and TED Talks on this about why making your bed is so important. I personally leave that to Q, but (laughs) I'm always so happy when it's me. Elliot makes our bed too, but that's because he gets up later. (laughs) I love that for us. But yeah, those little things really, really end up making a huge impact in the course of your day. If you feel organized or like you've checked that one easy behavior off. For me, that's like a drinking glass of water first thing in the morning. Do you have one for you that sort of kicks your day off in the right foot? So the water is something that's become mine. I think when we started this podcast, I self-admitted that I was really bad at the morning water. I was great at the water the rest of the day, but I would always lean on that coffee first thing. And now I have usually at least 16 ounces before I go for my coffee and that little thing that makes you feel so good. Look what you've done in three seasons. I know. And this like goes to show, right? We're talking about little things. I started with all I had to do was just take a sip of my water before Mm -hmm. I had my coffee. And now my body wakes up craving. Yeah. And this goes to show you don't need to force yourself into healthy behaviors. You just have to try that and then they feel good and you want to keep going. I love that so much. Okay. Number five, our next upgrade is to take one call a day on a walk. 
So is there a call with maybe a client, maybe a work call, maybe a friend call, maybe calling your mom that you can take on a walk? There's a ton of research that shows that movement really leads to new ideas and creativity. And there was a huge study out of Samford University a couple of years ago that found that creative output increased by 60% when participants were walking. So that is a massive increase in creativity. And on the other side of things, when we're staring at screens all day, it ends up having a negative impact on cognitive processes like creativity, focus, and flexible thinking. So breaking free from screens and really getting moving can end up like creating a whole lot of room for new ideas. I feel that so much in our work. Sometimes I tell my clients, take our calls Mm -hmm. on a walk. I like to be at my computer so I can take notes on what's going on. But it can be really helpful for them to kind of explore, especially if we're dealing with stuff like emotional eating or really disordered eating, it can give your brain new thoughts when you're kind of moving, you know, talking, it can create that like helpful, you know, we do a form of therapy, right? It's food therapy. And it helps that like stream of consciousness just kind of come out and ideas flow quicker in people. Mm, Totally. There's a great AA saying that's move a muscle, change a thought. And Mm. I love that so much and borrowed that from AA for many years. And I found that that's just so true in my personal life too, of like, if I'm ruminating, get outside, move my body and it kind of filters through, you kind of are able to metabolize whatever you're working through a lot better. I love that. And actually really, really interesting before we jump off of walking, tons of famous writers and thought leaders, Steve Jobs, Charles Darwin, Charles Dickens, even Aristotle were huge walkers. Aristotle created something called the walking school thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. And Mm. so if you want to think about it that way, if you want to be like these great thought leaders and thinkers and philosophers, you want to get moving, move your body. I love that. I didn't realize that that was such a thing with all these great thought leaders. And I think that's so interesting because we're queens of walking, which most people are so wise. (laughs) Okay. Number six, we have invest in a pretty water bottle. We've talked a lot about little investments so far in this conversation today. And James Clear, who I'm quoting again, always talks about to make a habit change, you need it to be easy, obvious, and attractive. Mm -hmm. And if you have a pretty new water bottle sitting in front of you, it's easy it's obvious, it's attractive, and it makes you want to do the thing a little bit more. So if you're struggling with your hydration, get something new to drink water out of. Preferably something larger versus smaller, right? There's great research showing that if we have a larger vessel, we're going to drink more. It's the same thing if you're always eating off really huge plates, we end up eating a lot more than we necessarily need. But in the form of hydration, this could be really beneficial. So as Carolyn takes a sip of water as we talk about it, just this, made me feel really thirsty today. Um, but getting, yes. So investing in something new to drink out of. This could be like those really, if you work from home, those really pretty mason jars that come with a straw that make it really easy for you to drink out of. I love bringing my Lark, which is that self-cleaning water bottle. When I travel or at my office, it's a really easy one. I also love a Yeti because those ones that come, the tumblers like with a straw in them, Healthy Human also makes some great ones that I really enjoy. How about you? Do you have any favorites? Love it so much. I always end up losing these somewhere. I actually am someone I'm like, don't get too attached to this water bottle. You're going to lose it. But then of course, the free one that we got sent a long time ago stuck with me forever. But in terms of ones I do, like like Hydro Flask is a great go-to, easy to find. Beaker, Water Drops, another great one. I really like. And then also I think about like, quality of the water as well. And maybe investing in a water filter at your house, especially if you're in big cities, you can go onto the EWG website and just insert your zip code on their water fil- on their water database and find out what kind of funky things are in your water. And it's pretty scary. So I definitely suggest for a lot of my clients to get a water filtration system. And that can be like a, you know, a countertop. It could even be a Brita, but we want to go probably a little bit bigger guns than Brita if possible. 
So a great brand for that is AquaTrue, Berkey. You could also get below the sink one, like a real reverse osmosis one. Those are a bigger investment. But if you own your house or own your apartment, I would say probably really, really worthwhile. I love that. Another thing you can think about is like adding in some trace minerals. If you're someone who feels like you're always hydrating, but it's like running right through you and you're not actually absorbing it. There's this trace mineral dropper we both use. Who's the brand of it? It's that blue one. You know what I'm talking about? I think it's just called trace minerals. That's the brand. Yeah, okay, if you we'll if you those. search it on Amazon, yeah, it's a blue bottle. So it's trace minerals, mineral yeah, dropper. It's a dropper. We both love those for clients, especially if you're like a big sweater or you're doing a lot of outdoor exercise in the summer. It could be really helpful. We also, when we did our TikTok episode, we were seeing that people were like adding salt to like every single glass of water they were ever having and using like liquid IV for everything. You definitely don't need to do that. A little bit of these things go a long way. Yeah, I would say once a day max, unless you're like a really, really intense, you know, training for something, some sort. Okay. Number seven to skip screens one hour before bedtime. So screens can have a ton of effects, especially because of that blue light that gets emitted from it and can end up decreasing our melatonin levels before bed. And so melatonin is that sleepy hormone your body releases when you're winding down. And it's really, really important. And especially if you're someone who struggles with sleep, you want to make sure that you're not doing anything to suppress that melatonin production. So instead, we recommend reading, journaling, meditating, take a bath or a shower, sex, whatever you want, get wild. <laughs> just please get off your I didn't screen. even see that you wrote that in there. I'm like, <laughs> <sighs> hey, I just wanted to be give some honest ideas. Doesn't have to um, all be reading your book. And if we keep it real, this is one I can definitely <laughs> get better at. So maybe I'll make that my next goal before we show up for our next season. I love that. Okay. Tip number eight is try one minute of meditation each day. So we've said it a million times, but I'll say it again. Mini habits make such a big difference. You know, I think a lot of people look at small habits like this and be like, what's the point kind of thing? But you can completely reset your mindset in just 60 seconds, right? It can be incredibly effective as it offers that perfect opportunity for you to take a break, step away from what you're doing, actually breathing deeply. I've seen something that shows that only like taking three deep breaths has the ability to turn on your parasympathetic nervous system. So you can reset quite quickly. And I think a lot of us get in the habit of, I don't have time. There's no space for it, but we all have 60 seconds. So Mm. if you're struggling with making meditation a habit at all for you, try those 60 seconds. Yeah. And it goes back to uh, something earlier that you just talked about, like piggybacking those behaviors. And I think of that even like, I have some clients who meditate on the subway because that's the only place they're not near their kids or like in the office. And so if they can find time to do it in the, in the middle of the subway and just close your eyes, or maybe don't close your eyes if it's somewhere you shouldn't close your eyes, but just even like giving yourself those couple of deep breaths, it makes such a huge difference. And there's been a lot of research on breathing as compared to meditation. And it seems that even like just a couple of those deep breaths, it doesn't even have to be a full 60 seconds can make a huge, huge difference. It can be like the equivalent of a couple of minutes of meditation. Amazing really is. So these don't have to be these massive things. The next one that can make the biggest difference is chewing chewing your food. People come into both of us with all sorts of gut health issues. You know, They want to do these fancy tests or get on these supplement protocols or make big lifestyle changes. And often both of our, I know both of our first piece of advice is or check-in is, are you chewing your food? If you're not chewing your food, it gives the whole rest of your body, the whole rest of your digestive tract uh, so much work to do. And it basically leaves it up to enzymes to break down these big chunks of food. And I always think of this with like something, it's kind of a gross one, but like if you see like a peach kind of rotting slowly, mm. it's like that's enzymes at work. And you can see how long that takes. It takes a couple of days for mm. something to really, really break down like that. And if you're leaving that up to your body to do, 
Whereas like chewing, masticating really helps break down food in a big way. It's going to be sending it down in a sort of mush form, leaving your digestive tract way less work to do than it would be if you're throwing whole pieces back. I always think about a piece of broccoli, I think is a good example for clients to understand. If you swallow a whole piece of broccoli, almost whole because you're eating really fast and not chewing, when that gets to your gut, that takes a ton of work for your body to actually break that down. And that's where a lot of that gas and bloating can come. Mm -hmm. If you really chew that piece of broccoli and you send, you know, almost a bolus is the word that we used to use. When, oh my like, God, I haven't heard that. Yeah, right. That's the, the hospital. <laughs> that was the term we were described it as, but a bolus is basically like a mashed up mush of broccoli. It's way easier for your digestion to handle. So if you are struggling with bloating, I would look at just how you're eating. And if you are chewing your food well enough, again, another easy one that you can try. And that kind of piggybacks into our number 10, which I think Carolyn and I could both agree is our favorite habit in general, but it's monotasking. So that means when you are doing something, do one thing. Focus on what you are doing, be present. Obviously, we talk about this all the time as it pertains to food, right? We want you to close the distractions, Focus on your food. This actually helps you chew your food more and slow down a bit. Helps you actually check in with your body. Notice how hungry am I? How full am I? Is this satisfying me? Actually asking the question of, am I enjoying this before I finish the entire meal? And I realized that wasn't it whatsoever. But monotasking extends well beyond just the food, right? It's in work with being with your friends. You know, We want you just to do one thing and really work on being present in that one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a gift. And it's, I mean, it's such a way to like extend, you know, t- what feels like time and to create more time with the people and the things that you love. So I think that that's such a good one to wind it down on, but we do have one more bonus one for you, <laughs> <laughs> of course. And this one really pertains to alcohol because it's one that we see, you know, a lot of people, especially in the summer really overdue, but if you can really think about maybe having one less drink than you normally do, especially if it's like late at night and, you know, you maybe don't need that last drink just to go home and go to bed. Another great one would be to try going one for one water to alcohol or even two for one. Sometimes I have clients do two glasses of sparkling water, maybe throw some bitters in there, get a mocktail instead of one of the typical cocktails you've been getting or glasses of wine. And last but not least, maybe try a sober night out with some people that that might not feel like such a you know hard thing to do, or if it does feel like a hard thing to do, that's something else to consider as well. But really can be a useful thing to not feel like you always have to have a drink. Q, my partner, always orders non-alcoholic beers everywhere he goes. It makes me laugh because I'm like, I don't understand the point of drinking a beer if you're not going to get like a little, feel a little different, but it really, like nobody cares. Nobody's paying attention. And it's always a good reminder to me of like, do what you actually want to do, not just what the other people around you are doing. And that's a lesson to everything in wellness, right? Go somewhere if you actually want to go eat the thing, if you actually want to eat the thing. I think a lot of us do a lot of people pleasing with food and alcohol and our behaviors in general. Mm -hmm. And if we can leave you with one thing, it's just asking the question of, is this what I actually want to be doing? Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a perfect note to end this episode and the season on. So thank you all for listening so, so much and for spreading this. And we love seeing your shares on Instagram and we appreciate hearing all the feedback and the reviews, especially when they're nice. And (laughs) yeah, we are so grateful that you're here to listen. So thank you. Thank you guys. We hope you enjoy the rest of your summer and we will hopefully see you guys back at some point soon. Definitely. All right. Bye. Bye guys.